Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style and powerography would like to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners quartz and canary jewelry and wellness company use code empower 15 to receive 15 percent off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com quartz and canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography Podcast. Today, my guest is Melissa Chernow. She is a voice and visibility coach, an author, and the founder and owner of Cardinal Publishing House. How are you doing today, Melissa? Hi, Brad. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here with me today and share a little bit about your story and your journey. I am so excited to have you here and I'm really looking forward to jumping in and learning and sharing more about you. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. My honor and my pleasure. So as mentioned, you are all of the things, voice and visibility coach, author, founder, owner of Cardinal Publishing House. You are one hell of a busy woman and that is a hell of a lot of hats you wear. And of course, I know you don't wear them all at once, but how important is prioritization and organization to you and how do you stay on top of things? Yeah, I mean, it really is everything. And I kind of credit my morning routine to helping me stay on track. And so every morning, you know, as I'm just like eating my breakfast and getting ready for the day, I write down three gratitudes, three themes or words for the day to kind of keep Mm -hmm. me generally on track. Mm -hmm. And then my three priorities. So the top three things that need to happen in the day. And it's just, that's what really helps me the most, I think. And you do that is your morning routine. Yeah. In my journal every morning. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So what inspired the jump for you into becoming a coach? Yeah. So I had left corporate, corporate left me in (laughs) 2019. It was such a blessing really, because I wasn't fully aligned with where I was. I knew I wanted something different, but I wasn't sure what that different was. And so when corporate left me, I kind of just jumped into personal development and I was doing a couple different things, you know, side hustles and supporting people. And I just realized that the common thread between everything was supporting people, was helping Helping people was reminding people and encouraging people to come back to themselves. And it just made so much sense. Yeah. Now in your coaching business, do you work with only women? And if so, why did you decide to focus your energy and business on helping to empower women through coaching? And why is this so personally important to you? Yeah, I would say like 99% of my clients are women, although that it's not exclusive to women. It just happens to be that way. And I think it's just based on what I do. Like when I talk about what I do to men and women, women's eyes light up. They're like, wow, yes. And then they have all of these stories to share. Men, it's just kind of like, oh, that's nice. Great. Okay. Right. And so it's like (laughs) this personal connection that it's just so eye-opening that anytime I talk about what I do, 
it is the women who are coming forward and talking about this and saying how much it resonates. And it's my personal story as well, feeling like I didn't have a voice or couldn't trust my voice or, you know, censoring what I wanted to say, biting my tongue. And my greatest hope, my greatest desire was just to feel safe in my body, safe in my environment to share, to speak my truth, to participate in conversations that were meaningful to me. And so it's, you know, this whole journey has been a very personal journey, but also, you know, of course, reflected in the collective. Absolutely. So what type of person or client is your ideal client? Like what things do you look for in a potential client before deciding to work with them? I think the two biggest things are desire, desire for, you know, X, Y, and Z, but to have that desire and curiosity, right? To be willing to look at themselves and their lives and their relationships with a curious rather than critical eye. And again, the desire to make changes and be exploratory and try new things and and all of that. Yeah, because I think the the service really kind of speaks for itself, but that desire to be there and to show up and to have the hard conversations is really what... To want to put in the work. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Now, you say that you empower women and entrepreneurs to speak from the heart with confidence and clarity. Can you speak a little bit about that and how you do that? How do you help your clients with that? And why is that so personally important to you, getting that message across? Yeah, I think it comes back to feeling safe in your body to say what you want to say. And so oftentimes I find that we know what we want to say, but based on X, Y, or Z, we don't actually feel comfortable to say the thing. And that could be for a variety of reasons. Like the work is really body-based and listening to the body's cues. What is it telling us? What are the sensations in the body? Where are those sensations present when you notice you're biting your tongue or when you notice your heart is racing a million miles a minute because X, Y, and Z is so important to you, but you don't feel like maybe it's not the best time. Maybe it's not the best audience, right? It's like coming back to you. What can you... don't love the word control, but what do you have agency over and how can you work with your body to move in the direction that you desire to? And so that's where the comfortability comes from. That's where the confidence comes from. Beautiful. Now you had said that you had those concerns and issues about showing up and using your voice. So who did you have to turn to for support and how did you overcome those hurdles? (laughs) <laughs> it has been, it feels like a never ending journey, but <laughs> it hasn't been. It's just been a beautiful journey. I've had the best resources and the most wonderful support team. You know, it's looked different along the way, but I would say really the one coach and mentor who has truly just changed things for me. Her name is Anna Kinkella, and she is a somatic business coach, which just means that, you know, Like I do, I work through the body. She uses the body as the guide. And I mean, everything comes back to like the body will give you the blueprint, the map, the pathway. If we just take the time to pause and to tune in and listen and trust it, which, you know, in society, we are not taught to do from a young age. I mean, anything from like having to raise your hand to go to the bathroom, right? Yeah. Your body is telling you. I got to go. (laughs) And your teacher says, no, you have to wait 20 minutes. Like, hmm. Don't love that. So no. yeah, she's been just absolutely transformative on my yeah. journey. So incredible. Yeah. So what lights you up or excites you the most about the work that you do as a coach? 
Mm, just people coming back to themselves and being themselves and feeling like they like they don't even have to think about who they are because they're just being it, right? They're just so naturally being themselves, expressing themselves, relating to others. And when you can see just the breadcrumbs starting to click for people, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's bliss. Powerful, right? When you yeah. see that light go on, as they say. Absolutely. And they tune into those things. Mm -hmm. You said that corporate left you. So what were you doing for a living before you jumped into coaching and entrepreneurship? Yeah. So I was working for a consulting firm that supported nonprofits in their fundraising efforts and loved the mission. But I don't think the role that I was in was really aligned for me. I There was just this like creative drive that I wanted something different, something more, something more aligned with me. And, you know, when I was in corporate, that's when I started a yoga teacher training and I started teaching yoga and meditation. I was a fashion consultant working one-on-one -on -one with women, right? As another way of expressing yourself through clothing. So it was like, I was trying out all of these different things just as a way of exploring, like, what do I want to do, right? I was young 20s, guys, the limit I could do anything with the rest of my life. What's it going to be? Not that I need to know everything right now, but like, what is the next best step? So I was just trying a bunch of different things. And then when corporate left me, I just continued to like go all in on that and the personal development stuff. And I started working with a, a wellness startup that actually supports corporations with their wellness efforts. And again, okay. like the navigation along the way has really been kind of like I said, like my body and my intuition, right? It's like my body is like, mm, nope, now's not the time for this or really pay attention to that and talk about trust and surrender. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it doesn't always make sense to the mind in the moment, but in hindsight, yeah. it's crystal clear. Absolutely. I mean, some of the things that we go through, like you said, it's not always clear when it's happening or it doesn't feel aligned or it doesn't feel like it's right. Yeah. It feels like it's the wrong thing, but sometimes those wrong things can be the absolute best thing to happen for you. Absolutely. And I think it's perhaps especially challenging when your intuition is guiding you kind of against what the status quo is supporting and encouraging. But I think that's the magic of entrepreneurship and the age that we're in right now. It's like, you see more and more people living out their dreams, doing their thing, having the courage to choose something different. And I think internally, so many people desire that. And to see, uh -huh. so to be able to see all of these examples, it's like, heck yeah, I can do that. Or you know what, maybe tomorrow I'm just going to give 10% more and, and try to do this thing. Or like, let's spend the next hour like dreaming up my dreams and, you know, writing it all out and seeing what that would look like. It's like, there's never been so many resources to support Absolutely. us in meaningful change. But that's quite an internal struggle though. When your intuition is telling you one thing and your head's like, no, oh this isn't God. right. It's a <laughs> hell of a struggle inside. Absolutely. And Absolutely. it's hard. It's not easy to overcome that and to give in or give way to your intuition, trust and allow. Yeah. It's, I don't know if this resonates for you, but it's almost as like time stops. Like you're mm -hmm. just so present with the intuition and the mind just jumps right in. And that's what I know to be, you know, the battle between the head and the heart, the intuition and the mind. Yeah. 
And so it's just coming back to like your values and what you want for yourself, not to negate the challenge or the struggle or the emotions or, you know, what are people going to think? But it's like, what do you want out of your life? What do you want to create in your life? What is the impact that you want to create and allowing yourself to make decisions from that state? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's hard, but if that's what you really want to do, just go for it. We only get one shot at yeah. this life. So yeah. why wouldn't you want to live your best life and do the things that make you happy in life as opposed to staying in a job, we'll say, for 20 years, 30 years that you absolutely hate going into and you're yeah. miserable. Yeah. And it's funny because growing up, there was like this version of me that I saw working corporate. Like I have the vision in mind right now and like I'm wearing like a blazer and a button down, <laughs> right? And I'm like in a boardroom and now doing what I'm doing, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not really sure how that's going to happen, but okay, <laughs> you know? But that speaks so. to the societal conditioning too, right? Yeah. What we're taught, what we should be doing. And yeah, it's, you know, all of this stuff that has happened over the past few years with COVID and has really shone such a bright light and shown mm -hmm. people that, wait a minute, we don't have to live this way anymore. This is not the way that things have to go. There's Absolutely. a whole other world out there that we can explore. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Societal expectation is, is a tough one. And I first kind of encountered that in college. Uh, I, you know, painting was my meditation before I knew what meditation was. And it was my favorite thing in high school. I mean, even growing up, I was lucky to be able to go to, you know, local art camps and things like that, even if it was just a day or whatever. But in college, like my favorite classes were painting and art yeah. and the creativity based ones. And it was like time to declare your major. And I desired to do whatever they were calling the painting major. It, it wasn't exactly painting, but right. the fact. And then I started thinking about, okay, well, like what's most hireable? What's the hireability factor in what I want to study? And it's like, oh. That's a dream killer right there. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, there's the practical element, but I think the most hireable people are those, looking back, the most hireable people are those who are 100% immersed in their love and their passion and just absolutely adore what they do. So it's kind of been this this lifelong theme that you bring up. That It's key though. I mean, when you are completely in love with what you're doing and passionate about what you're doing, it comes through and you may not know at the time how you're going to turn that into a career, how you're going to turn that into a business or how you're going to make money at it. But I believe that if you jump in wholeheartedly and with all of your passion and zest and all of that, that you will find a way where yeah. there's a will, there's a way. Absolutely. And it will shine through your love and your passion for your work will absolutely shine through and people will be able to see that. Mm -hmm. And it makes all the difference in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's what drew me t to you when we were first in space together. I was like, who even is this person? Like, what, what does he do? Because your energy was so clear, your passion and your drive were so clear. And I, you know, I remember because uh, one of my friends, Bridget Cisco, knew yep. you before I was introduced to you. And I was mm -hmm. like, who is Brad? And she was like, <laughs> one of the best people you're going to meet. Like, just you wait. But it's a testament of like doing what you love and allowing your heart to lead. So I think it's so important because again, going back to the fact that we only get one shot at life and why wouldn't you want to be happy? 
living yeah. that life and, and yeah. doing what lights you up, doing what sets your soul on fire. And thank you for those very kind words, by the way, Melissa. That was very nice of you. And I mean, everybody who's part of this community where we all met and connected, everybody is of the same mindset and everybody just emanates that beauty from the soul, from the heart. Everybody is the same there. And it's so incredible and so powerful to be part of such an amazing community. It's, you're all you're all beautiful. Who are everyone who's part of this community is just phenomenal. Yeah, thank you. It is it's truly such a gift. Like I can feel I can feel the shift in my heart right now because that community and those spaces where you are with like-hearted people are exactly what has supported me in getting to be where I am, you know, in career, but also just as a human. And so if you're listening to this and you're doing something that you don't love or you have that itch to do something else or you know this is sparking something within you and you're like how the heck do I even start like surround yourself with people who have the heart the drive the passion that like-hearted community right the people who are willing yeah. to you know leap before the net appears who have the courage to make the challenging decisions but the ones that are in integrity with their heart like surround yourself with those people even before you know what you want to be doing. Just know that those people will support you so much. Yeah. Find your cheerleaders, find your tribe. Mm -hmm. As they say, your vibe attracts your tribe. And when you find that tribe, it is like nothing mm -hmm. else you will ever experience because everyone is there with the same purpose and the same mindset. And that is to help and support yeah. and cheer you on. And it's unconditional. Yeah, absolutely. We don't see modeled so much in community. No. Um, but it's there. It is. It, it yeah. is. This part of my journey, I have to say, has been so incredibly beautiful, so incredibly exciting. And all of the amazing souls that I've gotten to meet, like yourself and Bridget and everybody else, it's just, it's beyond description. It truly is. All of you are such cheerleaders and advocates for everybody and what they're doing. And that is the key, is having that support, because yeah. then you feel unstoppable. Mm -hmm, completely. It's, it's so beautiful. Yeah, it's a gift. It is. It truly is. So I'm curious, what were some of the struggles you might have faced then during that transition out of that societal standard of corporate life into entrepreneurship and your <laughs> entrepreneurial journey? And how'd you overcome them? I am cracking up right now because <laughs> we, it felt like so many things. But I think entrepreneurship is just a fast track, a masterclass in personal development. Because I think one of the biggest things was like, I struggled to articulate what I was doing and why I was doing it. And at that point, what I was doing was figuring myself out. And it was, I would say, an untraditional pause for, I don't know, what I was like 24 maybe, for right. a 24-year-old to be like, okay, I'm not in corporate anymore. I'm going to take a pause. People are asking me what I'm doing. I wanted to be honest with them. People who were asking me what I was doing, I just felt like, you know, they weren't in that community of like-hearted, passion-driven, yeah. you know, super supportive. It just, it was a different energetic kind of read on things. And so yeah. I struggled to articulate myself because I was scared of being judged. Now, as an entrepreneur, 
as somebody paving their own path, like you're going to be judged, right? Yeah. But it was this opportunity for me to really take a look at the ways that I am part of codependent relationships, that I care too much about what other people think, that I, you know, can come to trust myself more. And so the way that I, I did those things was a lot of trial and error, but a lot of joining spaces where I knew there was something for me there, even if I didn't quite know what it was, but I knew something was there for me and they stretched me because, you know, there are other people doing in some way what you want to be doing. And again, yeah. it comes back to like, how can you participate in those spaces? I, I love that you use the word stretch because entrepreneurship <laughs> stretches you in ways you never thought possible. You're going to use muscles, so to speak, that you never even knew you had. It, yeah. It's yeah. you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable for sure, because oh it, it is a huge shift. Yeah, but yeah. I think the rewards far outweigh everything else. Absolutely, because it's so incredible. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious then. I mean, we always talk about and hear about the good stuff entrepreneurship brings and the puppy dogs and rainbows and ice cream. We don't often talk about the downsides of it, like of solopreneurship, the loneliness, the str these struggles that we're talking about right now. We talk about them on a surface level. We don't get into that discuss do you find that or is that just something that I'm Oh, absolutely. It's um, like everyone's got their highlight reel. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. Oh, there's so much I could say about this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think it comes down to actually comfortability with feeling our emotions and society at large not wanting to recognize sadness or grief. Like we're not told how to grieve. We're not taught how to do this or what this is like or what it can look like. Um, it's so easy to push away the hard emotions and, and not want to let people in on that, right? And I think some of that is okay, right? Like I am a really deep integrator. I like time to process. Part of that at the beginning is just me being with myself. But I think we're doing a disservice. I mean, look at mental health right now, right? Yeah. And so I think we naturally tend to like share when we're having a great day or look at all these great things happening yeah. in life. And I think it's just a mirror to entrepreneurship, to social media, to sharing what's going really well in our lives. And somebody that we both know pretty well shares that, you know, you invest in people who you think are better leaders than you are, right? Mm -hmm. And so then the question becomes, well, if I'm in my shit right now, how are people going to perceive me? Yeah. And are they going to perceive me as a leader? Well, I encourage you to question that because the way you lead yourself through the challenging time is exactly what is going to inspire somebody to invest in you, right? 100%. It's always when my coaches have shared on social media, like this was the challenging, sticky, stretchy stuff. I did X, Y, and Z. I'm good. And we're moving on. It's yeah. not the people who are sunshine and rainbows. Like that's nice. Yeah. That's not humanity. That's not life. So it's not real. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's that, um, that could be a whole podcast episode. <laughs> it could be. It could be. And I find myself sometimes, you know, questioning do I share the sticky stuff? And it's like, you know what? That's what I would have wanted. And cr that's what I craved when I was a kid. Like, can somebody just be real with me? Like, yeah. <laughs> what is what is going on here? And that's one of the reasons, you know, I have a multi-author book enrolling yep. right now called mm -hmm. Good Grief. And it's like, 
the whole purpose is so that we can have an honest conversation about what grief and loss look like, feel like, taste like, when they show up, you know, all of this stuff that yeah. is actually cathartic and healing and unifying. So it, it really could be a whole podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we owe it to ourselves as well as the newer entrepreneurs that are coming into this world and stepping into this world that we talk about this stuff and that they know that, you know what, going in, it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows and puppy dogs and ice cream. That's not how it works. It's yeah. There are going to be struggles, but it does pay off. Like you mm -hmm. will have those struggles. And a friend of mine said to me too, we were talking about this whole thing around entrepreneurship and the fact that, you know, people talk about where they started, their struggle, how they overcame it. And here they are out the other side. But that's not to say that there's still not going to be struggles after you come out the other side of your trauma or whatever it is that you've been dealing with. There's still going to be more struggles down the road. This is not a destination. It's a journey. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to talk about that stuff too, that just because we've overcome this certain hurdle or we've cleared this hurdle doesn't mean that we're, we're free and clear now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, right. It's the journey of life. And yeah. just remembering that like as entrepreneurs, you're starting a business to create a solution to something. And so you're identifying a problem that exists and you're creating a solution. So yeah. when there's an issue in life, you're a natural problem solver. Like, yeah. You can get to the other side of it. You will. And it's just like, I don't know why I was thinking so much about, this is a little bit of a, <laughs> a little bit of a left turn here. That's okay. But I was thinking about just like my journey in entrepreneurship. And somebody recently asked me, when did I become an entrepreneur or when did I know I wanted to be one? And I was thinking back and I was like, you know what? I think I became an entrepreneur when I was in, you know, maybe even earlier than elementary school, starting a lemonade stand at the end of the driveway during the summer. And I was like into it. Like, I was <laughs> like let's get this thing started. What is the best tasting lemonade? Like, yeah. how can we bring more customers? Like every car that drives by, <laughs> shopping, <laughs> like signs gotta be good, you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff. My brother helped me. It was, it was our thing. And oh, I'm losing track here because <laughs> I'm just like so immersed in the... <laughs> <laughs> in the lemonade stand. Yeah, and being six years old, not six yeah. years old, whenever you can have a lemonade stand, you know. <laughs> yeah, that really just went out out of the struggles. Heart. We're talking about struggles and overcoming things, and oh yeah, and it's just like yeah, you have the lemonade stand, you run out of lemonade. Well, that's a problem. Yeah, right. So it's like as simple as as running out of lemonade. Well, then yeah. what happens when you run out of lemonade? There's so many different ways that you can address that. You can close the lemonade stand. You can buy more materials to make lemonade. Yeah. You can update your signs. You communicate with people, right? It's yeah. like these things, sometimes they feel like the end of the world, but they're not. And they just yeah. really prepare you for that next iteration of your business and your growth. For sure. So speaking about all this, I'm curious, what has been one of your biggest struggles you faced as an entrepreneur in your journey so far? Mm, Brad, you're really, you're really going for it. <laughs> <laughs> I think entrepreneurship has been the greatest opportunity in me being kinder to myself. It's a very personal, entrepreneurship is personal. 
Yeah. It's not, and it is, but it's, I think my biggest opportunity has been being kinder to myself because of the challenges that arise, right? It's like, mm -hmm. I also find myself, unfortunately, comparing myself to people. I think part of that uh, is yes. human nature, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I'm comparing myself to people who have been in the game for 20 years. It's yeah. not fair to myself. Right. Yeah. You're comparing your year one to their year 10, which exactly. you can't, that's apples and oranges. You can't do that, exactly. but we do. And I think it's the book, uh, the slight edge that talks about, you know, you wouldn't compare a baby learning how to walk to somebody winning a marathon. Yeah. Like it's just, you're in different places. So yeah. appreciate if you feel like you're, you know, in the baby stages, appreciate that you're crawling like oh yeah. my goodness you know like you don't have to have somebody pick you up and take you to the next place <laughs> um so yeah i i think that also speaks to the fact that we as humans because of where we are in life and what's going on, we don't take the time to slow down and celebrate those wins. Mm -hmm. As you said, celebrate the fact that you're crawling and you don't have to be picked up to move. So celebrate those wins, no matter how big or small they are, take the fucking time and celebrate them, revel in that, enjoy that moment. And because we're on this hamster wheel, like it's okay. Okay. So we did this. I accomplished this. Okay. Right on to the next thing. No, slow down, take the time, celebrate it enjoy that moment you yeah. did it you fucking did it mm -hmm. so celebrate it be proud of yourself yeah and celebrating yourself is not being boastful and for no. the longest time i thought it was right like always deflecting to other people and their accomplishments and yeah. building other people up it was uncomfortable for me to celebrate myself but it's so key it's so key like <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. My eyes I agree. are closed right now. I'm trying to like, it's just, oh, it is the foundation for it so is. many things. We need to shift that way of thinking and stop once we accomplish it, move on to the next thing. No, let's take the time to slow down. And that's the other thing, right? We're in such a fast paced world yeah. that it's just like, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? No, just fucking slow it down. Yeah. Uh, I'm laughing because that was one of my themes for the day patience there, and, and slow down. Know. That's, you know what? I honestly think that that is probably one of the most important, if not the, in my opinion, anyways, the most important skill set to have as an entrepreneur is patience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially, you know, we're all visionaries, right? Yeah. We see what we want to create, but you have to put one foot in front of the other. That's right. That's right. So on the flip side of that, what has been the most rewarding thing for you as an entrepreneur? I would say it's two things on okay. the personal side and, you know, in an honor of celebrating myself, just the leaps and bounds of trusting myself and actually seeing those shifts as they're unfolding, right? You work on something, you, you build a habit for long enough, it becomes second nature. Yeah. You don't have to, you know, mentally think through the decision every time. And so seeing that just kind of unfold for me personally has been beautiful and, and truly all I've ever wanted um, without necessarily having the words for it when I was younger. But then with clients, like we said, like when you see the light bulb go off, maybe even before they recognize it for themselves, it's magic. Like, <laughs> it's like we are 8 billion people on this planet. We are not meant to go it alone. We get to support one another. And so to be able to support somebody in a really meaningful way that actually changes their life for the better and it starts to click, it's like, oh, there's 
there's nothing better. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another thing that someone we both know quite well also reiterates and says all the time is that we don't have to do this alone and we shouldn't yeah. be doing this alone. Lean on those people, lean on your community. They're there to support you. And you don't have to do this journey as an entrepreneur alone. You shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing it alone. Please and don't. really, we don't. You you cannot do it by yourself. You can't. Yeah. yeah. Period. It's like, I think you mentioned it earlier, the word solopreneur. Like at the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey, that might sound nice. Like, yeah, I'm building a business. And I also just hate that word. It's like, <laughs> it doesn't actually exist, nor should it in my yeah. eyes. Because again, there are 8 billion people on this planet. We're not meant to do it alone. Yeah. Like, we're all here for a reason. And a huge part of that reason is to be together and to support one another. 100% agree with you, Melissa. Absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit, you had brief, very briefly touched on the fact that you are an author. Can you speak a little bit about the book and overview of your story, what, what you told, what you talked about, what you shared? Yeah. So actually, I'm not sure that you know this about me, but that was my second book that I participated oh, in. The first I did one, not know that. There we go. Yeah. The first one was called Intuitive, Knowing Her okay. Truth. So mm-hmm. kind of speaks to some of what we've spoken about in terms of trusting yourself and, and all of that. And actually, that was at a time where I was really learning to just use my voice. And so I kept it pretty hush-hush that I even participated in that book. Wow. And so that's <laughs> probably why <laughs> Not many people know. Yeah, This experience the second time around in Sacred Redesign with you was completely different because of just everything that had led up to that point, of course. But so in Sacred Redesign, I really talk about finding my voice and learning to trust my voice and kind of honestly like questioning the quote unquote experts around me. I played sports in high school and had several concussions, the last of which really put me out of school. Like looking wow. back, I was going in for like half days. I honestly don't even think I should have been doing that. But <laughs> anyway, it was like doctor's appointment after doctor's appointment. Time just, you know, they say, okay, we'll check back in two weeks. We'll check back in two weeks. And my body wasn't healing at the rate that most doctors, it was like, they thought it was a typical concussion, but it was anything but that because it wasn't lasting the traditional two weeks time that right. they use as a rule of thumb. And so I was getting all of these tests that were coming back, you know, normal, nothing, or I should say nothing abnormal, but I still didn't feel right. And it was months later that I was just like, you know what? We're not going to get the answers externally. This is an inner thing. This is me trusting my body and actually allowing my body to be the authority in my life rather than thinking through what makes sense or what have we seen in the past that other people have done. It was like, no, Melissa, this is a time to, like you said, slow down, tune inward, tend to your needs and go at your own pace. It was like, it was a masterclass in just like your life isn't going to be like what you thought it was going to be. You know, I was looking at different schools to play soccer at in college Mm -hmm. and that concussion for me, it was like, I never want to experience something like this again. I don't want to put myself in a position where 
this could happen again. And so, you know, it took all of those schools off the plate. Wow. I, I didn't want to do that to myself. I didn't want to risk that because my quality of life was not what I desired. And so, you know, I talk about that and like, okay, so it was the space of, all right, Melissa, like you get to trust your body. This is like a you and a body thing, right? It doesn't yeah. really matter what other people are saying or, or telling you. And just, you know, a couple other stories sprinkled in there of, learning to listen to myself, learning to advocate for myself, learning to use my voice and and all that's unfolded within that. Incredible. That is powerful. Your story is beautiful. It's it's so powerful and I mean I've had a concussion and nothing mm-hmm. like what you experienced, but it is fucking painful. It is. It's physically painful. It's emotionally painful. Yeah. And I think the biggest challenge for me was that it was invisible. Yeah. It it would have been so easy for people to see a cast on my arm and know that I was hurt. Yeah. But nobody knew what was happening on the inside, right? You just make eye contact with someone and smile and say, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. And keep going. And it was like, "Mm, that was the opposite of the truth. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Not what was happening. So- has writing always been something that's part of you or was writing, a, has, has this been a fairly new path for you? And how did writing transition into the idea of starting a publishing company? It's funny because I only really used to write or journal when I was mm-hmm. angry. <laughs> like, <laughs> we got to get move this energy and get it out of my body yeah. and like put it on a piece of paper. So I would really only journal when I was angry, but I was thinking back and actually my seventh grade English teacher, yeah, writing English teacher, always used to tell me what a good writer I was. And it didn't really land with me because I didn't care for what I was writing about. And it was the same thing with books. I hated reading and the light bulb didn't go off until I told that to somebody and she was like, well, maybe you just hate what you're reading. It's not that you dislike reading. You right. just don't like what you're reading. And so it's like the same with writing. And that was that was pretty, you know, it's simple but profound for me because it was the story that I was running with my whole life of like, I hate reading, whatever. But that was not true because I yeah. love memoirs. I love real stories of people. Like I want to know where your heart is, what's happening, what was it like when X, Y, and yeah. Z. And I also love just being able to pick up a book, read four or five pages and have something for the day that I'm like thinking about or, you know, my living my life through that lens. Mm -hmm. And so when I found these multi-author books, I was like, this is magic. This is (laughs) everything I love about books and bringing people together and humanity and being honest and communication and... As soon as I was participating in the first book, Intuitive, I was like, I need to bring this to clients because it was it was also the tangible, like real life action steps yeah. of what I was talking about with my clients who were wanting to express themselves and use their voice and share their stories. And so I was just like, this is incredible. Like, this <laughs> how do we it. do this? <laughs> yeah. How do I start this and, and offer this to my community? Amazing. So then do you, I'm going to ask, do you prefer to wear your author hat? or your publisher hat, or do you have a preference? And what would you say are one or two things about each of those crafts that you partake in, that you enjoy? That's a great question. I feel like authorship 
is more of the personal healing and transformation, whether or not you realize it, like that's, <laughs> that's yeah. what's happening if you're writing yeah. an honest story. But I also think it's such a gift. I like I pinch myself that I'm a publisher because it is <laughs> such a gift to be able to facilitate and just hold the space for and offer the framework for somebody else to do that for themselves, right? I'm not telling you what to write. I'm not telling you how you should write it. I'm not bringing in a developmental editor who's going to say, you need to restructure this, cut out that, add this in. No, it is your story. You get to share what you want to share. And there's nothing better than that. Like I'm like, so it's a little bit different, but being able to just offer that to somebody feels like I'm just so humbled by it. It's a pretty powerful feeling, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even you offering the space for your guests to come on and share their stories and talk about their lives and their passions and and all of that, I could imagine it could be similar to that. Yeah, it it is incredible to be able to provide that vehicle for women to share their stories and put them out there into the world so that they can inspire and help others through their stories. It it is. It's an absolutely incredible feeling. To me, there aren't enough words in the English language Mm -hmm. to describe how powerful that is and to be able to provide that opportunity for another person. This just goes back to what you and I have said many times throughout this is that that's what it's about is supporting one another and being here to help one another and give back in that way. And that's exactly what this is. You're doing it just through a different, you're using a different vehicle. The end result is the same, but you're just using a different vehicle. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's exactly it. So when did you start your publishing company, Melissa? I started Cardinal Publishing House in November of 2021. And so how did you come up with the name for that? It's two-pronged. So I, um, Cardinals have always been just a symbol for me from my grandfather. And so they just show up at, you know, the times that you feel like you need them the most. (laughs) And it feels like that warm hug or that, you know, vote to keep, to keep going and doing anything. But I also really love, especially in terms of self-expression and sharing your story, I think of Cardinal Directions and that they're very purposeful directions, right? North, East, South, West. You're moving with purpose. You're sharing your story with purpose, with direction. And it's just very intentional, right? Like you you live your life intentionally. And those are the people who are really drawn to the space in particular. So I love that. That is beautiful on both, on both sides. Yeah. Thank you. I think yeah, it just, it was pretty clear that, <laughs> that yeah, that was going to be. It just came to you and that's it. Yeah. This is what it is. Yeah, exactly. So, what would you say then is one of the biggest struggles you face running a publishing house? I mean, aside from the personal, you know, things that we go through as entrepreneurs, like my greatest desire for other people is to bet on themselves. Like, I just mm-hmm. want you to go all in, like, taste what it's like to put two feet in and just go for it. Yeah. And, I talk to a lot of people who want to share their story and desire to be published authors, but say they're not ready yet or want to take, you know, X, Y, and Z writing class before they publish something. And I understand it on one end, but it also just kind of breaks my heart. And so it's not, you know, it's not a struggle, but it's just like, I desire so much for you. And I know that that those things happen. Like when you share your desire to become a published author, well, how does that happen? You choose to become a published author, right? Mm -hmm. It's not 
there's somebody who says like, ready is a lie. We're never ready for the things that we desire, but we also are always ready for what we receive. And so if it's your desire, it's your dream and you have the opportunity and it feels right in your body, right? If you want to be an author and your body says not now, okay, that's great. I trust you. I love that you're following your body. And there are certain people you can just feel it. Yeah. Like, in some way, shape, or form, please just bet on yourself. It doesn't have to be with this, but like show yourself what is possible. Like wow yourself. What would it be like to wow yourself in the most embodied and grounded way? It's funny that common thread for you throughout your life and what you're doing because the same apply, exact same principles apply for your coaching. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's, it's yeah. so powerful, that common thread. And you're right. Just fucking go all in. When you again you see that light bulb it's like just do it you you got it. you have to do this for yourself you have to and you know you see it before they do yeah it's reminding me for whatever reason of professional athletes and i yeah. i heard once i don't know who said it but they said the reason we love professional athletes is because they're living our childhood dreams and i think to an extent that's true but i also think it's because they go for it right in yeah. every play they're giving 110% they're not holding back. And I think it's that part of like, we see that within ourselves. We want that within ourselves. You see somebody else living it out. And that's why, you know, we're leaning forward on the edge of our seat, or maybe you're sitting back in your chair, (laughs) (laughs) having a snack or whatever. But I think that's a real draw there too. Like it's inherent. And so what would it look like for you to just start with 1% more? Bet on yourself, as you say. Yeah. So what is one piece of advice then you would give to women looking to start their own publishing company? I was having this conversation, I want to say two days ago with somebody. She was interested (laughs) in starting a publishing company and her why was crystal clear. As of anything, why are you doing it? And so my advice is to get clear on your why because thankfully more and more publishing companies are being formed. It's becoming more accessible. So what is your why and how can you communicate that with your audience because you know we're both in the business of storytelling and we know the power of storytelling and how it connects us and people make buying decisions based on the stories that we tell and so what is your why how can you communicate that and get support resource ask people for help and you know yeah I think that's one of the biggest pieces right there. What you just mentioned is asking for help. We have so much fear and trouble around asking for help because of a plethora of reasons. Fear being probably one of the biggest one, fear of rejection. But if you don't speak up and ask, the answer is always going to be no. Mm -hmm. So just ask what's the worst thing that can happen is someone says no. And also, I think we have to look at the fact that just because someone says no doesn't mean that's a permanent no. It's just a no, not right now. Yeah. So and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, ah, oh, man. <laughs> we could go off on so many different tangents. I here. know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa, what drives, motivates, and inspires you to keep going and to keep pushing and excelling at all that you do? A couple things. An inner drive. Like it won't take a nap, you know, like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't give me a moment to be complacent, which I love. But I think my faith, like I have just, I don't even know how to say it beyond that. But just from a very young age, I've always had faith in something like in a better world, faith in myself, faith that things work out. 
And so couple that with the drive and the determination to just do it. It's like, I may not be moving like, you know, tortoise in the hair. I may not be moving <laughs> at, at the hair's pace, but I am putting one foot in front of the other every day and just doing my best. I also, I, you know, I don't want this to be <laughs> morbid or anything, but when I'm old and looking back on my life, I want to know that I, I went for it, that I put two feet in, that I did the best that I can, that I didn't settle that, you know, all of these things that, that I'm good with myself. Because yeah. when you have an intuitive nudge or you have this vision within you and you sleep on it, like, oh, that breaks my heart. Yeah. So I just refuse to do that to myself. Don't they say that one of the biggest regrets that most people have, they didn't, they did some kind of study or something along those lines where they interviewed people and they talked about this and one of the biggest regrets that people have when they're on their last days or on their last legs or whatever you want to call it is that they didn't do the things that they wanted to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want that to be me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Melissa, what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? I care. I care. I lead with my heart and I'm not afraid to feel what is present. That last one took me a little while, but it's my nature. And I think business needs more heart. For sure. And and that's what I'm here to do. Love it. Speaking of success, how do you define the word success? What does that word mean to you? Am I good with me? Am I good with what I'm doing, with who I am, with how I treat people? Am I good with me? That's it. I love it. Yeah. Am I good with me? What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before you learned it? What was your life like after you learned it? What's coming to mind is just being kinder to people. I think, you know, that's our true nature in a lot of ways. Like it's cliche, but you never know what somebody is going through. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, even just on Instagram the other day, I follow somebody who is really into wellness and, you know, her skin is glowing. She is vibrant. She is alive. Like her energy on social media is just different than everybody else's because she's so clear in who she is and what she does. And she shared that, you know, she had cancer last year and nobody knew that, right? She was going through that with herself and her family. And so I don't know that, you know, it's, a before and an after type thing for me. Right. But there's always opportunity to be kinder and and share more of your heart. For sure. What was a turning point in your life and how did that affect you? A few turning points. I think just mentioning earlier, the concussion was probably the first kind of like wake up call that life can be different. And actually just saying it like that, I had a teacher in high school, shout out to Mr. Carrero, who (laughs) just changed my life and the lives of so many other students. I was just getting coffee with a friend. She's like five years younger than I am. So we didn't overlap in school, but we've become friends since. And we were getting coffee a few weeks ago. And she was talking about this teacher that she had in high school and just going on and on about the impact this person has made on her life. And I was like, is it Mr. Carrero? And she was like, yeah, how'd you know? (laughs) Because that's the person that he is. And the gift that he offered all of us is that he listened. He cared about you as a human being. And I remember he saw me at one of my, just like I wasn't mentally in a great space. And, you know, we were having some sort of conversation. I want to say it was marketing class or something like that. And I just remember leaving that conversation, remembering that or knowing for the first time 
that my life didn't have to be that way, that I didn't have to be down or sad and that I could bet on myself, that I could make a change. And so when I think like back to like the first turning point, that would be it. It was just like doors opened in my eyes of like, wow, life can be different. That carries a lot of weight. Oh my goodness. (laughs) That is huge. Completely. And the thing about that is like, does he know the impact? That Probably not, because most right. people who do have that kind of an impact on others don't don't realize it. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty in it, really. Truly. Yeah, yeah. so true. Okay, we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions is just be two, three, four word answer type thing. Okay? Let's do it. What was your dream job as a child? A teacher. I wanted to be a teacher. What is the first thing you notice about a person? Their energy and their eyes. Would you rather have more time or more money? Presence, because that's wealth. I love that answer. How would you describe yourself in one word? I don't know, Brad. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I think just these elements of like being heart, like heart centered and genuine and curious. Authentic. Yeah. I just want to be a warm space for people to know that they're welcome however they are. If you could teach the world one thing. What would that one thing be? Trust yourself. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Time with really any of my grandparents who are all passed now, but specifically one. She passed when I was in fourth grade and I would love just like time with her. If you were writing your autobiography, what would the title be? I may or may not be writing it right now. And I <laughs> cannot share the title with you. Okay. <laughs> all right. No problem. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. What does the word empowerment mean to you, Melissa? It's an interesting word because I really just think it comes back to being yourself, like the confidence to be yourself. Because when you're yourself, you make the decisions that are most meaningful. You make the courageous decisions and you allow yourself to live the life that you desire. Well said. What is your why? Every time somebody asks me this, I immediately get a visual which is, you know, you're driving in the summer, windows down, sun is shining, radio, favorite song is on. You turn it up, you're having a great time, and you are belting your heart out. You are just singing and enjoying life. And it's like that feeling in your body right there. If you could bottle that up, (laughs) like that is bliss to me. And so my why, my desire is that you feel even an ounce of that safety and that joy and inhibition in any conversation that you have, in any opportunity that you have to share your voice, because we have voices for a reason. They are so valuable. They move people's hearts, their minds. They have impact and a ripple effect that we don't even know, right? Just like that teacher, just like, like we don't even know. And so when we can allow ourselves to use our voices, again, in a grounded and heart-centered space, the world literally changes before our eyes. That's beautiful. I love that vision. I love it. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one-hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? I'm going again with the nostalgia and I'm going to say my grandmother. Um, yeah. There were a lot of, I just, time was cut short. She was fun and fiery and 
you know, I remember we visited her. I think, yeah, so she passed when I was in fourth grade. So second or third grade, I visited her. And oh no, she passed. I was in first grade. So even younger than that. And one of the only memories I really have was, you know, we visited her and she she gave my sister and I a gift that we, you know, opened in front of the family. And then she called me and my sister into, you know, the back room. And she was like, I have something else for you. And I was like, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) And she gave us chocolate bars and she was like, don't tell your parents. And so it was just like that fun spirited, like. That's what grandparents do, right? Yeah, exactly. And grandparents are just absolute treasures. So they are definitely Grandma Belle. Awesome. What a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. What is an unexpected blessing or occurrence in your life that you're grateful for? Losing that corporate job comes to mind. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What corporate left you? (laughs) Truly. I mean, that was a point where like, I knew I wanted something different, but I didn't yet have the courage to make that change myself. And so the universe really just stepped in there and it was a blessing. Yeah. Like I said earlier, sometimes the things that seem like at the moment is one of the worst things that could happen to you ends up being one of the best things that can happen to you. Yeah. You just don't see it. Right. And at that time, I was actually grateful, right? There was a part- there was a part that was like, oh shit. <laughs> there was a part of me that was like, wow. Like I knew it in the moment that it was a blessing. But my challenge, again, comes back to articulating it and like being good with it in front of other people. Like yeah. I felt like I was more so managing other people's sadness and shock and like, wait, what? What are you gonna do now? And I was like, This is this is the beginning of everything. You were screaming with happiness inside. <laughs> Like you just, just wait and see, you know, like this is really yeah, the start of it all. I so. got this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? I mean, so, so many things, but probably say one loving kind thing to yourself every day and actually mean it, actually feel it. That's huge. And that's tough for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it can be uncomfortable, right? Just like yeah. celebrating yourself can be uncomfortable yeah. when you first start. But it's like you're living in your body. You're living with yourself for the rest of your life. The least you can do is be kind to yourself. The most yeah. you can do is be kind to yourself. It is the most important relationship you will ever have in your life, that relationship with yourself. Absolutely. Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, like your corner of the world, your people, your tribe, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? You know, I think actually there would be an element of singing together. (laughs) Because I think when we're singing in community, we're not thinking about what we're saying, right? It's just naturally moving through our bodies. And we just are allowing ourselves to be expressive and joyful and together. So I don't think that I would be saying anything in particular. I think it would just really be that we're all being together. Beautiful. Melissa, thank you so very much. This conversation has been incredible. I've enjoyed every minute of it. You are a 
truly beautiful human soul woman shining an incredibly bright, beautiful light onto the world. And I am just so honored to know you and to be able to call you a friend and to be in your orbit and have you in mine and just so powerful. You are a wonderful human and I appreciate you so very much. And I've like I said, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I'm honored to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. So thank you for taking the time to be here with me today and share a bit about your journey. Brad, the pleasure is truly all mine. You are a wonderful human being. I am so grateful that Bridget was like, you got to get to know her because <laughs> you truly are a gift. And what you do for your community and women's voices and stories is is unparalleled. And I'm just so grateful for you. I'm so grateful to have you in my corner and in the corner of so many women who are doing important work. So thank you, Brad. And thank you for having me here. My pleasure, my honor. And thank you for those very kind words. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Melissa Chernow. She is a voice and visibility coach, an author, and the founder and owner of Cardinal Publishing House. Thank you so much, Melissa. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thanks, Brad. You too. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.